Norwest Khan has had the honor of hosting the Philip K. Dick Award since 1984. The Philip K. Dick Award and Special Citation is presented annually for distinguished science fiction books published for the first time in the United States as a paperback original. So you have to come out as a paperback originally to receive this award. The award is sponsored by the Philadelphia Science Fiction Society and the ceremony is sponsored by the Northwest Science Fiction Society. And it is held annually at NorwestCon over in the Seattle area. Special guests attending the ceremony often include the nominated authors and publishers, as well as administrators of the award. So pull up a chair and give this podcast a listen while we take you through the event and the readings. MCs. William Sidaris and Gordon Van Gelder kick things off. We have a, a fairly full evening. We have six nominees for the people who can't be here. The Philip K. Dick Award is very, very dear to me. I've uh, been doing it for a long time. Uh, I've seen fashions come and go as far as people wear what they wear, uh, the books that we read. The If you haven't noticed, all the book covers change. I mean, they're different types of, of formats, colors, uh, the way that, that, that grabs your attention. Now, I know this group goes out and looks specifically for the nominees when they come out. We try to put that out as soon as possible. I know that there's squabbling that goes on uh, uh, among the judges, and they managed to um, come to a decision without killing each other. <laughs> Although sometimes it's been close. I'll let Gordon go into that a little bit more. We do have one of the ju uh, judges here tonight, and uh, be polite to him. I'm going to let Gordon point him out. <laughs> so without much further ado, I'd like to recognize our chair, Bree Parker, here for Westcom 42. Hello everyone. Uh, it's uh, good to see so many familiar faces back again. Um, my name is Larie Parker and I'm the chair of uh, Norwescom 42. One of the uh, many things that uh, is uh, a privilege um, as part of the chair's role uh, is the ability to award a lifetime membership and I was able to do that this evening. Kathy Bond, are you still in the room? There you are, you're right in front of me. <laughs> Well, obviously, you need to stand up. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's really, it's really frustrating to me that I cannot give you my full response to that. <laughs> it's a trap. Yeah. So I, I would like everybody to give a round of applause to Dorescon's newest lifetime mender, Catherine Bond. I'm sorry. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, please uh, enjoy the desserts and the coffee and the, the readings, and uh, looking forward to see who wins this evening. Thank you. I did a setup for you, Gordon. Uh, yes, you did. So um, I'll let what, you... What city is this? Um, uh, uh, the SeaTac, okay? Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> 
actually, you made it very easy for me because it's very clear from all the hands that went up that you guys all know what the Phil Dick Award is already. <laughs> so I, I don't need to do my annual routine about how Tom Dish conceived the award in a dream back in 1982 um, and then dreamed that he should let someone else run it. <laughs> But as, as we do know, the Phil Dick Award is given every year to honor Phil's memory by celebrating the, or awarding what the judges consider the best paperback original science fiction work published in the previous year. And as most of you know, the award ceremony is not conducted like most other award ceremonies. We have the nominees or their stand-ins read from their works. Getting right into it then, the first nominee we have this year is Time Was by Ian McDonald, published by Tor.com. Hello, my God. <laughs> Brevity is the soul of wit. Uh, trigger warnings here. This this reading. Any children present? Good. Uh, trigger warnings. This reading includes perversity, gender bending, cross dressing, uh, reverse gender roles, and the perverse British art of pantomime. <laughs> There's also a gay blow job on it. Here we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It'll jump right out of you. Um, brevity is a soul of wit. He blows me during nurse bedpans. Oh, no, he isn't. Oh, yes, he is, routine. Captain McTavish is out on stage in full grand damn wig and pancake makeup, batting banter and badinage back and forth with the front rows. I'm on the follow spot, keeping him lit, while in the shadows, the stage crew dress the set for Robin Hood's Silver Arrow scene, when I first feel arms around my waist, then a movement of a hand down, and an unzip, and a hand cupping me, then a tongue working its magic. I managed to whisper a, a protest about the danger, the danger. He takes his lips away for a moment to whisper back, no one will see, they're blind in this light. The lighting gantry in Bordsey Village Hall is the size of a large wardrobe. The heat from the rheostats like a blast furnace. Put a hand wrong and you electrocute yourself. And directly beneath my feet, Robin Hood and his merry men are waiting for their cue from the stage manager. And Ben is blowing me brilliantly, beautifully, dirtily. Evil, evil, evil boy. If I waver, if the spot drifts even for an instant, Captain McTavish will have me on jankers for a week. 200 kids, evacuees, locals, RAF, and the clergy of St. Mary's roar with laughter uh, to the dame as Ben finishes me off by hand, wipes me off, does me up, and is up at the rheostats to light the entrance of the singing, prancing, merry men. There are five curtain calls. All in all, opening out of RAF Bordsey's Panto's Babes in the Wood is a thundering success. <laughs> that was Time Was by Ian McDonald.
Next episode, we hear the reading from Abby May Otis, who is the author of Alien Virus Love Disaster Stories, published by Small Beer Press. No denying it, though, moon kids, they're kind of stubby. On account of them growing up on the moon, your muscles learn differently in moon gravity. Your bones form light like a bird's. 